We would like to thank one of our sponsors, Protect Your Neck MMA. It's like the Wu-Tang song. They have a lot of great rash guards and shorts, make great gifts. If you go to our Instagram page, philosophy underscore fighting, you'll find the link to Protect Your Neck MMA, and you'll get a 15% discount on any of the goods that they sell. Tell Michael Shear, the owner, that you know us. Great people. These are created by jujitsu guys for jujitsu guys or any combat sport and fans of 90s hip hop. All right. Cheers. Welcome to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast with your hosts, Arturo and Anu. All right, this is our 23rd UFC talk, and we're talking about UFC 281, Adesanya versus Pereira. Hi, right, how do you want to start? Yeah, 23 sounds like a lot. That's We've done a lot of UFCs. And mm-hmm. one thing I think that's like pretty consistent, UFC 280, Islam Charles, like on paper was the best. And I was like so, so, so excited about it. Yes. It was a good, it was a good card, but it was like slightly like I was let down. And then UFC 281, was also a really good card, but I just didn't care that much for some reason. And I loved it. So I think everything is like a little bit about expectations where my expectations were not high and they were just amazing. Okay. So I felt 280. I had high expectations. I feel like if they weren't met, they were like 90% fulfilled. I still felt like good. Yeah. Good. This card, I had pretty high expectations still, and it overwhelmed those expectations. Yeah, so I think any time it just beats expectations is awesome. Yeah, I guess you could say that about anything. In life. I think this and, is easily my favorite card of the year. And the main event, all five fights were interesting and had yeah. something powerful happen. And yeah, they were all they were all finishers too. Should we just go through them one by one? Sure. Well, you want to start top, bottom? Yeah, let's start with the top. Who did Dan Hooker fight? Claudio Puelas. Claudio Puelas. Yeah, what did, what did you think of that fight? Because that fight pissed me off. Oh, why? Well, okay, why did it piss you off? Because that guy Claudio just kept spamming. Oh, okay. In, in Minari rolls. Yes. Well, he didn't have any answer for Hooker. Hooker's range, length, he was definitely outmatched. It's just I feel like once you spam in Minari rolls, you've proven to everybody you have shit wrestling. Not only shit wrestling, but shit striking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That too. Like you just have one game and like you're known as a leg lock specialist. I get it. But yeah, like it just takes the mixed martial arts out of it. Mm -hmm. And so I was watching this fight at the jujitsu gym, Mm -hmm. Richmond County jujitsu. And so it was like the first time watching with like everybody. It was like a good crowd. And I just feel like fights like that sometimes bring like a negative aura towards jujitsu. Agreed. And it's like, it like pissed me off a little bit, like pride wise, where I was like, look, I get it if it's like a local tournament and you can't take somebody down, but you made it to the UFC. So you're obviously very good. So how are you not training takedowns, especially if you're a jujitsu? Like you should at least like have threatened the shot. I would have respected that more. I agree with you a thousand percent. I think it's so lame. I'm so happy Dan Cooker, like just beat his ass. I'm really even happy that Dan Hooker was even brought into his leg lock world and he still couldn't get it. Like Hooker escaped the best part of his game. Do you know what I mean? 
mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. just like finishes them. Like, I think the biggest thing is that each time Hooker would land a good shot, he would just go straight down, like as if he was going to enter the guard or something like that. And Hooker didn't, which I'm happy about. But well, go sorry, go. I was going to say Claudio, like, and not even just him, but sometimes other people will be like, oh, well, why aren't you coming down to my world? Like, make right. him come down to your world. Like, you know, it's almost like he's pissed at the other guy for not engaging him on the ground. Get him to the ground. Like, the whole point of the fight is you have to try to dictate. And this guy just did av- – I would have just respected so much more going for a double, going for a single, going for a clinch, throwing sure. some punches, and then getting your ass kicked there. Good okay, but – That's different, though. Like, you're just saying, like, oh, he's not fighting the style of fight that I want him to. I would say the better critique is, like, he's not fighting. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. I'm saying, okay, I'm I'm trying to just say there's all these other options that you could have done where if you're as good as this guy, Claudio, and I'm assuming you've been competing in this world for at least 10 plus years, how are you not spending two of those years just strictly focused on taking people down? Right. And it's not like Dan Hooker is a master takedown defense guy. Right. Like people have taken him down. So if you can't take Dan Hooker down, it's like you're not going to be able to take any potentially really good wrestler down. Yeah. I mean, this guy, his first fight pro fight was in 2013. So, yeah, just about 10 years of pro experience. And he's this is his seventh UFC fight. Like at this point, you need to be well more well rounded. Like that's kind of crazy. 13 and yeah. two now or now. I'm sorry, 12 and two. And I think uh, now 12 and three, but yeah, seven UFC fights. I mean, you have multiple knee bar finishes. It's basically just submissions for you as a finish, but yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, it shows he's really good. If he's like 12 and three and he made it to the UFC. Sure. And I, and I I respect Ryan Hall too. It's just once that part is diminished, you should have a plan B and a plan C and like some, but it's like, they just stuck with, well, this is all I I know. know. I mean, I'm still surprised this guy's five and two. And he has two performance of the nights. Yes, and I know I'm I'm shitting on him, so maybe he's like better than I think. But it's just like once you keep spamming something and not trying anything else, yes. you basically told the other person, "I have nothing for you right now." And now yeah. you're just like a wounded duck. At least like act as if like go fucking attack with some elbows. Like make it a little messy. So do you think this was Dan Hooker making a comeback or Dan Hooker just getting an easier win? I think we know Dan Hooker is a respectable, good fighter. Like he had a war with Dustin Poirier. Like that was Hooker's only like not, two years ago. Yeah, Hooker's not bad. I think this is also though like was a good matchup for him. Where okay, Hooker was clearly better than this dude and was like, this guy's not even going to compete with me in the standup. So, so I just have to I have to avoid that one strength and I'm going to crush him. And he did. I would describe Dan Hooker as. <laughs> Oh, not not in the same like type of style at all. But Dan Hooker to me is like Michael Chandler in that when he wins, it's spectacular. When he loses, it's spectacular. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he is exciting to watch as a fighter. But like, it's just like Michael Chandler. You're like, all right, he's definitely good. But how good is he? Like, it's always like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I thought you were going to say, who's that other lightweight that beat Tony Ferguson and he hit Khabib, black boxer, what? Michael Johnson? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Michael Johnson. Yeah, similar to like that too, where yes. like, it's always, you can't underestimate him. I love it. Yeah. But you can beat him. So it's just like one of these people, like I think Dan Hooker's like that as well. 
I love watching those fighters maybe more than anyone because like you just know it's going to be like you don't know what you're going to get. It's a surprise, but it's going to be spectacular. Exactly. Hold on. I got to pull up Michael Johnson, who he's beaten and who he's lost to. Oh, Michael Johnson's beat some really good people and also lost. Yeah, he's he's all over. But if yeah, if you just look at the people he's beaten, I know some people are like, yo, he looks like he'd be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> but then, right. If you ignore his yeah. losses, just his wins alone would be like, whoa, yeah. He beat Tony Ferguson before, right before Tony Ferguson went on his crazy run. So that's yeah. just like an amazing victory. And he beats some guy, Danny Castillo. Then he loses to Miles Jury, loses to this guy, Reza Madadi. Mm-hmm. But then he beats Joe Lozon. He beats Gleason Tebow. He beats Melvin Gillard. This is all in 2013, 14, when these guys were monsters. Yep. He beats Edson Barbosa when he was a monster. Yep. He lost a split decision. Close as fuck. Then he lost to Nate Diaz. But he beats Dustin Poirier, yep. and he lost to Khabib, but kind of was kind of close with. Like he gave Khabib a shot, which was the most anybody's done since then. I don't know. It's just interesting fighter. I feel like yeah. Dan Hooker is in that same world too. Same thing what you said about Chandler. Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess we should. Like I that. guess we should highlight uh, Hooker more than shitting on this guy Claudio a little bit, but for sure, just I, I, I love. I mean, he's my doppelganger. I like Dan Hooker. I'm always rooting for Dan Hooker. I just love that city kickboxing club, how they train. I like his rapport with Izzy and his style. I, I like his style. I, I, mm-hmm. I identify with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Yeah. Should we move on to the next fight? Sure. Frankie Edgar, Chris Gutierrez. Yeah, this is probably the saddest fight of the night, I think, right? Easily. It was like, oh. and from the start, this guy, Chris Gutierrez, just looked bigger and stronger yeah. mm-hmm. and faster mm-hmm. and younger. Like all of like the check marks, like where you don't even have to be know anything about MMA. But if you just see both of them, you're like, oh, like yeah, I think this I, guy. I told you this guy's on the come up. Yeah, it's they don't they don't do Frankie favors. Yeah. If you didn't tell me that, I would have been like, maybe they'll give Frankie a decent fight. But then everybody at the gym was also like, and I just put it in my head like, they're not nice. The UFC is not nice. If you're about to leave the UFC, they're going to give you a fighter that they're going to, they hopefully can build their name off of you. And I was thinking maybe Frankie's done so much for the UFC. They wouldn't do that, mm-hmm. but they did. No, he's such a hall of famer. And like Darlene was in the other room and I was watching it and I was like, Oh, and she's like, Oh, Frankie lost. And I'm like, it's not that he lost. He lost with like, getting a knee to the face KO early round one, like just the way to go out, like looking up at the lights as opposed to like a decision loss, giving your best. You know what I mean? Yeah. In Madison square garden in front of his family and friends. Oh yeah. I mean, Chris Gutierrez is in front of family and friends too. And he gets a win. It's, It's awesome for him. I'm sure he'll do great, but even Frankie, you could tell, or maybe it was the knockout that did it to him. He didn't know how to handle it. He didn't seem like he, had the words to like go out and thank everyone and be happy about his career and stuff. You know what I mean? I think it's just like live by the sword, die by the sword. And these great athletes just can't believe that maybe it's passed them by. Yeah. I just don't get it. Like, I feel like I could see that if you've been like a, a middling fighter your whole life. Right. But Frankie's been a champion and he's 41 and been in like the top five forever. Like amazing. Like, yeah. At what point 41 too? Yeah. But at what point do you have somebody just sit you down and be like, look, Frankie, 
you got a couple gyms, you could start a business, you could just fucking sign autographs for the rest of your life. Like, you know, like yeah, but he likes fighting, you know? Yeah. So like I'm saying, like you run a gym, like you're still kind of fighting, like fine. You I don't guess, fight at the yeah. top of the top of the top and no one's telling you to leave. Who wouldn't want to be coached by Frankie Edgar? You know, like I would be sure. like, definitely be my coach, like be in the ringside. Like he'll be in that world forever. Actually, I have a DVD somewhere. Maybe I lost it. I don't know. But it was a Frankie Edgar instructional from way back on how to blend wrestling. With, I mean, the striking into the wrestling. And it was great. I learned a bunch of things. He might be the best at that ever. Like in. Yeah, he's one he, of for sure. When, when he was coming up. Yeah, Frankie arguably. can take shots. He had great wrestling, always moved forward, was always undersized, but still made a way. Yeah. Amazing always career. undersized. He, yep. he won 155. And if back then there was a 145 championship, he definitely wins that. And I mean, the fact even at Bantamweight here, he's undersized. It's so crazy. Yeah. And then he he literally like if there was a Bantamweight featherweight and a lightweight when he was around, he could have been like the first three division champion. He could have easily had all of those for the fact. Yeah. You know what? I never really thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, it just didn't exist at that time. He he would have done it. But then by the time it did come around, he was already too old. And I think I shared that statistic. Like nobody like over 35 has won a title that was under 170 pounds. So Dang, being so 41 cool. at heavyweight is cool. But being 41 at bantamweight is like being, I think, 55. Yeah. Speed and reaction time goes down. And that's where you mm-hmm. need it the most in those lighter weight classes. Dang, yeah, it's so sad. Fuck. Plus, plus, Frankie never had the power anyway, so he always worked with volume. So, and then he just gets kneed in the head. Is like, fuck, that's gotta suck. But we should celebrate his career as a whole and Chris Gutierrez's win for sure. I know that's the one thing, like you said. At least he gets his shine, and so there is like that. Hopefully, some of that good karma. Like that Dude. guy's probably been working his whole life. I never heard of him, and I'm an MMA fan, so. I think there's no Frankie Edgar haters. I think even in the early days, he beat BJ Penn and that was Mm -hmm. impossible. Like BJ Penn was nearly unbeatable at that time. Mm -hmm. And not only does he beat him that match, but they do a rematch and then he beats him there too. Like insane. I know. I didn't like Frankie at first because he beat BJ. And I was pretty sure BJ beat the one, the first fight, but then the second fight, Correct. Frankie crushed him. And then the third fight, he murdered him. And it was just like, holy shit. Like there is no beat. Yeah. Frankie's all time Hall of Famer. Good guy. He married his kindergarten sweetheart. Like he just seems like just like a good dude. The best. And super heart. Yeah. So. But still memorable. Another addition to like a good night of fights. Shall we move on? Yeah, this is the maybe fight of the year for me. Dustin yeah. Poirier, Michael Chandler, like that was insane. Hanging out at the gym, like the, the tones changed once this fight came on. And it seemed like this was like a little bit like the people's main event. 100%. And Chandler Gagey felt like that. Yes. But Chandler Gagey felt a little bit more like a street fight slugfest. Mm-hmm where this had some of those same elements, but also so technical and strategic, like, yes, fight of the year up there. Yes. This was so much up and downs. There was technique. There was brawling points. There was wrestling, like some great wrestling from Chandler. I couldn't believe submission attempts. I mean, it ended in a submission, which was crazy too. But I think the craziest thing about this fight is it was so entertaining. Back and forth affair. I think it's easily said that 
Michael Chandler is easily the most exciting fighter on the UFC roster. I, I don't think you can counter that claim. Every fight of his has been the most exciting fight on the card. Yeah, he's a physical specimen that just goes out yeah. to fight. And I think that's what hurts him a little bit. He doesn't have the, the best fight IQ. And maybe the fact that he is such a physical specimen, he tires out a little bit. Yes, but regardless, like, yes, that hurts him as an athlete and as a performer, but as an entertainer, bar none. His fights are going to sell. This guy will always be employed. I don't care yes. if this guy loses like this. This guy would have to lose like five in a row in these fashions to even consider like, okay, maybe we shouldn't keep him around. But he's going to win, I don't know, half of his fights. So it, he'll stay employed like this forever so long as he keeps doing this. Sure. I mean, hopefully he doesn't get, I don't know, brain damage though because he's getting oh, yeah, like, he's, he's getting murdered. This way. Uh, might be past that point already. But yeah, the other thing I wanted to point out mm -hmm. is there was some dirty tactics by Chandler too. I don't yes. know if he... Like for one, like purposely putting the blood into Poirier's face. It looked like he spit into his face. Or he shot a snot rocket. He said he was like, okay. and because all the blood, it was just grosser. Like, you know, like, ugh. that's kind of weird. I don't know if there's rules against, you know, bodily flu, like purposely. It's one thing to have it leaking from you. It's another thing to shoot it at someone. Chandler also said he was like, yo, I couldn't breathe. And so there's a part of me that feels like maybe sure it could be incidental. Yeah, maybe it was incidental. There Let's was just a bunch start of incidental headbutts. There was also that fish hook. Oh, I didn't see the headbutts, but I saw the fish hook where Chandler had his back and put his fingers in Poirier's mouth and tried to pry it open. Yeah, I get it if you're trying to like, you know, go under the chin and lift up and then maybe, you know, it might have just went and like it, it's possible it's incidental, but that's also the ref's job to like do something about that. A warning at the very least, something. So that all happened in the second round. So the start of the fight was the start of many fights, like Chandler winging punches at Poirier and hurting him. Yeah. And halfway through the round, I swear to God, I had a thought in my head, Artura, where I was like, I should bet Poirier this second. Because mm. at that point, the odds were probably something like, oh, Chandler's about to knock him out and it's going to be like 500 yeah. Like to one. And I was like, this is exactly what Poirier does though. Like he Poirier, I think it's because like he looks handsome and has like those like boyish looks where you don't think he's like a grinder. Like you look at Chandler, he's got that chiseled jaw and gagey, like looks like a fucking ape sometimes, <laughs> you know, where like where like Poirier like looks like a nice family man. We're like, oh, he doesn't, he probably fights clean technique, and he does, mm -hmm. but he but he'll take advantage of those street fighters and he'll grind. And then that ha last half of that first round where Poirier starts coming back. So basically they beat the fuck out of each other. And that's why part of me thinks in the second round when Chandler did that, part of me thinks maybe he did intentionally do that because that literally was like a war. Like it takes it is a months. War. And they had like some bad blood going into the fight. That's, that's what makes it like the context of it a little weird. It's like, all right, there's yes. multiple like infractions. I don't know. Like it could be incidental if there wasn't any like, but because there was such bad blood, you're like, I don't know. But it also, but it also makes me think if you've taken, like, I think Poirier hit him with like three elbows right at the end of the first round. Like maybe you're just not all there. And so maybe you think you're reaching over to grab the chin, but really you grab the nostril. And then yeah. if you do get the fingers in the mouth, maybe Poirier bit on his finger, which is what he kind of said 
And then, so now your fingers kind of stuck. I, I don't know. I, I want to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt. Cause there's so yeah. many cameras on you. Like it's hard to, and he wants to be a company man and he wants to put on good fights. Like it's hard for me to think like he's doing it, thinking he's going to get away. You can't get away with anything in the UFC. There's a million cameras on you. So part of me just thinks the war was just so brutal that like there. Maybe he did get away with it. I don't know. It, it, these things are hard to see sometimes. I mean, getting away with it from the ref, but I mean, you're not going to get away with it from the public opinion. Oh, I see. Yes. Of and, and, and I don't think, and I think Chandler's the type of person that would take that to heart. Cause he says, I want to put on good fights. I want the fans to like yes, that's me. That's such a spur of the moment decision though. You never know. Yeah. No, I would no, what That's exactly what I'm trying to say. You can't yeah. tell mm-hmm. like he got beat up. And so maybe it was, he was so beat up. He didn't know what he was doing or he got beat up. And he was so angry. He was like, I'm going to fucking be dirty. Like both are viable responses. I think, I think his highlights are, yes, he was brawling out, but his wrestling was a huge highlight. His, he had some sick takedowns where he just shouldered him, ran him, dropped him down. Like there were some sick takedowns. Yeah. Where Khabib uses technique and just like chain wrestling, Chandler was like, I'm a force and I'm going to fucking slam you into the ground. I don't think I've ever yeah. seen a lightweight do that yeah he did it like multiple times too on poirier who's not like not that easy yeah poirier is just solid in every single aspect of fighting and halfway through the fight too i started getting a little bit more respect for chandler i didn't realize he was doing the dirty tactics but normally chandler only cares about entertainment and sometimes that annoys me and so when he did take poirier down and held him there and beat the shit out of him i was like all right respect to chandler yeah and I started thinking ahead because I was like, if Poirier keeps winning, he's going to get murdered by Islam. And so it's going to be Charles choked him out, Khabib choked him out, and then Islam choked him out. Mm-hmm. Where part of me is like, maybe if Chandler wins, he has the physical tools to not get choked out by Islam. Yeah. But then that didn't happen because in the third round, Poirier was like, I'm not so letting you take me down. Yep. It is Do you think crazy. Chandler tired himself out in the second round, like getting on top of him, ground and pounding him? Or just you think Poirier just had good scrambles? And so when he did get taken down, he was just able to get on top and never I let go. I think it was the latter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm looking at verdict MMA just to see how people scored those first two rounds. Okay. So the first round, the average, 9.67 Poirier to 9.38 Chandler. So kind of close. But, you know, yeah, it should have been it should have been close. Yeah, but it's just Poirier yeah. finished stronger. Yeah, Poirier so, finished really strong. On the second round, it's kind of overwhelming. Chandler nine point nine four mm-hmm. to eight point seven three. Yeah, Some I think it could have even been a ten eight round. Yeah, I would have argued it was a ten eight round. He yeah, kept him so, there for over four minutes. Imagine if Poirier didn't finish it, we might have had a draw. And that's what I was thinking was going to happen. Yeah, and then, I can't believe Poirier did finish it. Yeah. I bet on Poirier to win by sub, so that was nice. Really? Yeah, I got I got really good odds. Yeah. What made you think that? Was it the odds, or was it just that you thought Poirier was going to win by sub? I could just the beginning. I thought it was actually going to be guillotine. Poirier does love his guillotines. Chandler loves shooting and throwing his head to the side on those guillotines. I just thought like that's a good odd bet. I can see that happening. Great bet. I definitely wouldn't have bet that. I would have bet Poirier by decision. Just because Chandler's such a tank. Yeah, I think that's like the most common, like, probably bet on that. But yeah, for the odds, I was like, ooh, that's really good odds. Like, he could totally sub him and did. And so happy for Poirier because 
in that third round, Chandler picks him up, takes him down, but Poirier is able to reverse, get on top, and then take his back, and then he doesn't let go and just yeah. chokes him the fuck out pretty brutally, too. So I loved the way he got the rear naked choke, too, because he was around his face and at a bad angle, so he can't even get the face lock or anything. The way he was able to almost like seesaw his arm through his jaw and then get it under and on the right side. Like, dude, when people, we were just talking about how Islam was like, oh, he's not black belt. That style of getting that choke in those parameters, the way it was, I was like, that's very good, man. That, against Chandler. I was super impressed, at least. Yeah, against yes, Chandler. Against, exactly. When you're all sweaty and bloody, like, yeah. And the way I neck. saw it too, he like yanked his chin to one side, like pulled him, and then it hurt Chandler. So he had to get his head back the other way, and then he snuck it in. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, and then at the end in the interview, Pori is like, "Who says I don't have jujitsu?" So I was yeah. like, "All right, sweet." Like it made up for that first fucker, Claudio, where it was like, "Oh yeah," mm-hmm. like controlling the back, taking it, and like yeah, a little bit of brutality behind it. Poirier might be like the best fighter that's never won. A traditional championship i'm glad he won the interim but like he just he's so good and he's beaten gagey in a war he beat alvarez in a war he beat yeah. chandler now in a war like yeah. he's only lost to the greatest of all time yeah it is pretty crazy beat holloway in a war yep what a yeah poor is easily a hall of famer now yeah do you think he gets a contender like he was ranked second going into that fight is that is he next I don't know. It's just such a bad, like, I, Islam would destroy him, though. I wouldn't bet on Poirier. I don't want to say Islam's going to destroy him, but I just feel like Islam would destroy him. Like, I just feel like it's going to, it's bound to happen. And if he gets choked out again, like, it's like, oh, oh that would be the worst. I know. And he's such a good guy. <laughs> Where maybe Poirier should just get money fights. But no, look, if maybe he's got to win one more to give him Islam just to be like, you do Poirier, you do Poirier Oliveira again? No, maybe like Poirier Dariush. Maybe. Or you give Oliveira Dariush and Poirier, I don't know, somebody else. Those are all fine fights. I know. Yeah. That's why I was kind of hoping Chandler would win a little bit. I love Poirier, but. Just for that. Out of everybody yeah. that has a chance to beat Islam, I thought maybe it could be Chandler because he does have really solid wrestling and he could maybe fight it and has mm-hmm. tons of power and aggressiveness. But who knows, Poirier, I mean, he was winning the Charles Oliveira fight before he got caught and he would fight smarter than Oliveira did against Islam. But I just don't know if you could stop those dudes on the ground. Yeah. But yeah, great fight. You want to go to Carlos Barza versus eh? Yeah. I mean, I feel like this fight went exactly how most people thought it was going to go. No? Yeah, I, ha- I had Zhang. I- parlayed Zhang and Poirier, thankfully, so I didn't have a huge loss on the night. Yeah, I thought Zhang was going to run through her. I think this is probably the most forgettable fight of the card. Not to, like, shame it, but it was a good fight. Just in comparison to the rest, it didn't feel like it was as big. I don't know, to me. Maybe. I really liked this fight. Maybe it's because I got hyped after Poirier and Chandler. Mm. Where, like, like, it set the tone. And normally, like, the women's fights aren't the most exciting to me. Or, like, I don't know. I just don't have that, like, yeah, I can't wait for it. Mm -hmm. But I was excited to see 
Zhang after like all her training with Cejudo. And I was like, I feel like she's going to be Carla. And Carla's known for wrestling, but Zhang has Cejudo's wrestling now. And Carla's known for, I I mean, Zhang is known for aggressiveness. So I was like, I want to see somebody like her win. Yeah. And then she also won with rear naked chokes. I was like, hype. I was like, sweet. Back to back RNCs. Yeah, I liked the way she grappled a lot. I thought her grappling exchanges, her reversal on Esparza's takedown was really impressive. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, training with Cejudo, you got to imagine like that power, that athleticism that she has. She's she's a tank. So, yeah, I, it would be very hard for Esparza to win that match. So, um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, there's a video of her that was like going a little viral the day or two before where she lifts up Francis and Ganu. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. And obviously there's technique involved and leverage, but like she lifted him up easy. Like she yeah. grabbed the high crotch. It's double like, her know? weight. You know, like she weighs like 130. He weighs 263 or something like that at the time or whatever it was like more than double probably. Right. Like, yeah, that's still no easy feat. And she just easily high crotch lifted him up and has like a smile. Like she didn't even look like she was trying. And you could tell Nagano was like, holy fuck. This bitch yeah. just fucking <laughs> lifted me up. Like, I'm sure he was like trying to be weightless. But once you lift somebody that high, like it does, there is no more weightless. Like she did it. And so I was like, I want to see a good yep. dominant women woman's champ to hopefully force all the other women to set their game up, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like, yeah, it was exciting. You think title shot for, I mean, she's champion now, but like who's next in title shot? Do you think Rose now? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like musical chairs, but yeah. part of me is just like, yeah, give everybody else a chance to get better over the next year. You know, that, like that's a weird three way that like Rose has beaten Zhang, but Asparza owns Rose and now Zhang owns like it's the that that round robin weird MMA yeah. math. It'd have to be Rose, but part of me is just annoyed that there's so much just recycled. Yeah, recycled. That's the word mm-hmm. exactly. So it's not like as exciting to me where uh-huh. Zhang and Carla felt like a little exciting. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe give it a year and hopefully some new blood comes up and yeah, yeah. That's what I'm kind of hoping for, but I'm not really thinking next steps for that. I don't Fair. know. All right, speaking of new blood, let's get right into the main event. I felt this is something that I felt was probably going to happen. I don't know. I got to listen to like the old tape, but like, mm-hmm. what did I say? Like 58, 42, I could definitely see Alex winning. Sure. I think we, I think we did have a discussion of like a bet maybe mm-hmm. where like, would you bet there's a takedown? And I was like, I feel like Izzy's going to want to show it. Yeah. Right. And he did. And Alex did as well, just to keep it honest. I think Alex was the first takedown to land. Yeah, and it was just kind of, I felt like he just used his strength, grabbed the leg and drove him down to the ground. Uh And then I think that like kind of not hurt Izzy's pride, but Izzy was like, I could do that too. And then Mm -hmm. he had a nice takedown and Izzy showed better ground game than Alex. Mm -hmm. But the thing from the very beginning was Alex looked a legit weight class larger than Izzy. Like, Yeah, that that was the big concern. Because we saw how like Jan... That mattered a lot. And now you see it with Alex and you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, that, that, was, as, that was a definite factor in this win. He looked as big as Jan. And this is still at middleweight. So, like, yeah. he was so much bigger than Izzy. And Izzy is, like, yeah. very dense. So I'm sure that has something to play with it and tall. 
but Alex is just as tall and thicker and yeah. jacked. So Izzy made a post after the fight. It included a picture from Attack on Titan. Are you familiar with that anime? No. Well, he likened Alex to being one of the Titans. These Titans are like huge versions of people. And the Titan he selected does actually look a little like Alex. <laughs> so I thought it was funny. And like, you know, like the Titans are huge. They're like, I think this particular one's like 30 meters long. You know, a person's only like a meter and change, two meters long. So like it just the relationship to show. I'm like, yeah, that, that's a good analogy there. Yeah. And but what here's what's crazy is everyone's like, oh, like Alex owns him. Alex owns him. But those same people were like, oh, Nate Diaz almost beat Leon Edwards. If there was just like 10 more seconds. But none of those people are saying that about Izzy, because if there's 10 more seconds in that first round, Izzy crushed him. Yep. And, this and is I think the, same the saddest thing. part about this is like the circumstances, like every round that Izzy has fought Alex almost. I think there's only one round of the three fights that Alex won and Alex won all three fights. That's mm-hmm. so nuts to me, man. That's got to mm-hmm. be the craziest thing. This is like, you know, Falcons 28-3 type shit. Like, I, to me, it's bonkers. The Izzy, better fighter just keeps losing. See, though, I wouldn't say better fighter. I would. But I would say that... He's more skilled. Yeah, but that's what I like about fighting, that skill doesn't always matter. Sure. Like, that's what we all love. I'm right? like, just saying. It's there's like not- that chin and there's that just bleed. Usually the higher skilled person, of course, can lose. But usually if they verse 10 times, the higher skilled person will win at least six. Yeah. The fact sure. that we've had three straight, Alex, he's like, yo, what is happening? Well, this is where size comes into place and sure. MMA math and yep. like just... Izzy, you're right. Izzy would have probably won if that first fight went 10 seconds longer. First yeah. round went 10 seconds longer. And this was an exact replica of the kickboxing match. Yeah. So like both like they're each other's kryptonite. And so much respect to Izzy because some people were arguing that it was a slight pitch and Izzy could have dove into that. But mm-hmm. Izzy was just like, fuck, he won. Who cares? I'm still the shit. And I want to fight Alex again and respect yeah. to Alex. Yeah. I really like fighters after they lose, you know, where you just realize how good they are too. And like, yeah, I like that Izzy bowed after. Like, he definitely was like, he's okay with losing. And I think he's okay with losing to Alex, who's amazing. I like, know. you know, and he's and like, all right, I'll lose to you. You're great. That's what's interesting too, because Alex is a pretty, in the past, he's been a pretty bad winner against Izzy. So I'm surprised that Izzy's actually taking this high road because Izzy's not usually Izzy goes to the lowest common denominator, right? With John Jones or Paula Costa. Alex is different. He does really respect Alex. Maybe it's that kickboxing love. Yeah. So with Alex and Izzy, I think it's it's cool to see that Izzy does respect Alex. And I'm hoping for an immediate rematch. I don't know if they're going to do that, though. Do you think, so two questions. One, do you think the respect is because they're both started as kickboxers and they have that allegiance with each other or no? Is it? Just I think the respect is just both? that they've had three wars. Okay. Yeah. And like Izzy has to, I think that Izzy does feel he's the better fighter, like skill wise and stuff. So I feel like maybe it doesn't hurt his ego as much to lose. I, I don't know. I'm not really sure how you have to process that. I feel like it's got to be easier to deal with that loss knowing 
you like, also I can win this well, again as opposed to being dominated, right? right? Like, oh, you've got no shot. Like you've just been Khabib. And you're like, I, I don't know what to do. Exactly. Where like, yo, I've trained my whole life for this to not happen. Where yeah. like, Izzy's like, Where, like, Izzy's like, yo, I know what to do. I just, maybe Izzy's like, yo, if we verse six more times, I'll win all six. Yeah. You know, like maybe he thinks that, I don't know. I'm not really sure. I also but- think Izzy has that anime, martial arts, kung fu, ninja mentality where, you know, when you win all the time, you get used to winning where when you lose, then you realize like, holy fuck, I've been winning. Like, you know, and like, it kind of reminds you, I got to train harder. Not that he didn't train hard, but like maybe it levels you up, like where you need a little bit of that pain. And so. it, it just reminded me another example of Izzy being good with losing. Uh, the last time Izzy fought for the middleweight championship, like a lot of people are like, oh, the UFC put out ads like Izzy's undefeated at middleweight. Izzy's undefeated at middleweight. And Izzy's like, yeah, I lost to Jan at a lightweight, like, you know, light heavyweight. Like, I don't know why you're not bringing that up. Like, you don't have to act like I'm undefeated. Like, he was almost like bringing up that loss where, yeah, Jan's a great fighter too. And I think it's like, maybe it is like that anime kung fu stuff where if you win all the time, like say a Floyd Mayweather, and I know you won't agree with me on this. Okay. Eventually, people are going to start being like, well, there's a reason you won all the time because you didn't fight the best competition mm. where yeah, I think it's almost better to have a couple losses. Cause it's like, it's real, you it know, depends. where when you're undefeated, it almost feels unreal. Yeah. I agree with you. But in this instance, like, you know how many DMS I got that were like, Oh, Izzy's career is done. And I'm like, yo, are you serious? You think Who his career is done? Dude, multiple DMS from people. I know not really people, you know, but I'm like, I can't believe like, oh, it's going to be in his head now forever. And I'm like, what? Nah, I, I don't think so. All that. No. All right. He so won, here's the real question. He won right after Jan. He'll win after this. Yeah, I, I, I don't see what they're saying. Like, oh, no, versus Alex, though. He's got no shot at winning anymore. Like, it'll be a head case thing. And I'm like, I don't think that's I don't think that's going to play out at Maybe all. Maybe against Alex. Maybe. But OK, I, I don't even feel that way. really. But yeah, anyway, you're a matchmaker. Do you make the immediate rematch? That's the thing. I don't know. Cause part of me was thinking like, so Whitaker is supposed to fight Costa in February and you have up and comers like Kamzat and Bo Nickel who are going to be the dominant wrestlers of middleweight. If Kamzat decides to go up. Correct. Which he should, but yeah, if he, I, I think he settled at welterweight, that's his ranking. That's his thing. But yeah, go ahead, go on. I almost feel like Alex Pereira's best matchup at middleweight is Izzy. <laughs> like, you know, where I feel like the other guys Agreed. take him down and beat him. Agreed. I think, I think if you put weird. Marvin Vittori versus Alex, Marvin Vittori is going to beat him. Yeah. And I think if Strickland decided, I think when Strickland saw what Izzy did to Alex on the ground, Strickland is like, why didn't I just fucking yep. double him? Yep. right away and i could have just choked him the fuck out like yep. so i don't know what you do like i think maybe let's see let's just go through the names of some of the people so we have so, right, so we have, Izzy, would, we have robert whitaker we have vittori so let me contend this a little bit okay i think you have to make an immediate rematch on two grounds one is he does deserve it yes people are like oh no he's zero and three against alex mm, one in mma all right. You got to include it as different sports. You, you can't, you can't really do that. Yeah. Okay. Fair. 
Two, the other big reason is if you don't have them do an immediate rematch now, I don't think they'll ever verse again. Yeah. Right? Because again, like like me, you don't think Alex's shot against other of these top middleweights is very good. So chances are, if one of them beats it, then we have another rematch with Izzy. Do you know what I mean? Like Izzy's going to verse one of these guys he's already beaten and will probably beat again. So I think the best match to make is Alex versus Izzy again for both sides of the coin. I agree with you. I think Whitaker beats Alex. Vittori beats Alex. Yep. Costa beats Alex. Peranineer might Maybe beat Alex. Maybe not Costa beating Alex. Maybe. Maybe not, but they could. Strickland could beat Alex. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Cannoneer could beat Alex. Brunswick to be like, it's, it'll be tough. <laughs> but this is the perfect round for him. And good. Like, I'm not saying he's a I bad know. fighter. Maybe in the next six months, he gets better. But Izzy looked like pretty controlling on the ground. And Izzy said when he had him on the ground, his calf was fucked up from yes. the calf kicks. Izzy so like, it wasn't even leg was it, bad. It wasn't even full strength, Izzy kind of controlling him on the ground so right i mean that's props to alex though alex did that though it's not like just like some injury happened you know oh i know but i just oh, feel okay. like the the other fighters are gonna spam takedowns 100 they should they're not even they're not even gonna give him the idea i'm gonna stand the way strickland did yeah so yeah i i think based on what you said that they may never fight again and i'd be very eager to see the next fight I think that'd be really dope. Yeah, uh, but I do. I, I, but I would love Whitaker to get the belt again. So I was like, yeah, you Whitaker. Sure, Alex, I, that'd be fun. I just but. think I don't think people are gonna think like us in that regard. I think they're just gonna be like, no, Izzy lost three times. He should get another win before he gets a championship shot. And then we're just gonna have the same old division again. I would actually I rather mix it up a little more. The problem is if they do Alex versus Izzy again as an immediate rematch. Now, if Izzy wins that, would they do a trilogy because they're one and one in MMA? Like it just becomes like, okay, now they're fighting too much, maybe. I yeah. don't that's the only downside of it. If Alex wins again, then it's crazy. Then it's uh, goodbye, Izzy, maybe. Not goodbye. Like he could still be a he'd just have really good money fights. But talk about like an owning of like fighting. Yeah. Yeah, he would have. Yeah, be like Volkanovski and Beat you twice in MMA. You're like, whoa, okay, yeah. Now there's no question. Yeah, but if Izzy wins, then they're gonna be like, oh, one and one. They're gonna do it again. You're like, ah, shit. No matter what, we're gonna get some a lot of recycled matches. The thing with middleweight, though, middleweight is so weak. So part of me thinks like, all right, and you already have Whitaker Costa set for February. Mm -hmm. So chances are they would be able to fight again in the summer. Yeah. So it's so far away. And the good thing is by that time, that summer, a year from now, I think you get Kamzat and Bo Nickel that get better. Mm-hmm. So maybe middleweight is in like a much better position by next summer. And then you have so many potential fights. What I would love just to make middleweight all new is if Izzy just went up to light heavy. I don't think he's big enough, though. Just by seeing what Alex could do at middleweight, like, holy shit. And he lost to Jan. Like, what if Izzy just does like a John Jones plan a little bit? Like maybe just take a year. Get bigger. Bro, him versus Yuri sounds so fun. His versus Ankalaev sounds so fun to me. And then now the middleweight, I feel like, is all new. Well, against Yuri, sure. But against Ankalaev, anybody that's like a Russian wrestler, I don't think Izzy can do 
you don't want to see that fight though? Like, I don't know. That's exciting. I mean, I would, I would watch every fight, but okay, I just yeah, don't okay. know. I Maybe don't I should know. restructure that. That's still a top fight to watch. I just don't know enough about Uncle Iev where I don't want him to just smash Izzy. Like, you know, where oh, I think like a, even even Izzy. Glover versus Izzy excites me. Like, I, I don't know, like all those light heavyweights, those top light heavyweights, especially Yuri. Yuri versus Izzy sounds like sign. That's me a up. fun match. Yeah, that's Dude. the funnest match. That's two ninjas going after oh, each other. Like man, that believe yeah. in the ninja life. Like, I love it. Yeah. One is a real life ninja. One's an anime ninja. Like, it's just so funny. The two of them, like. I think it'd be amazing. Actually, that would be the best. That would be the best fight. Right? So in my head, make, I'm like, yeah. please just make that fight instead. And then For now those- Alex converse like Whitaker, all these different, like, cool. Both divisions are so cool now. Yeah. I think it upgrades light heavyweight and it makes middleweight more of a better show. Yeah, maybe. I also kind of want to see Kamzad and Bo Nickel against like an Izzy and see how Izzy could do against some of these That's like true. potential wrestlers okay. that are his size. I think Hamzat could probably is he but yeah. honestly Hamzat versus Whitaker sounds more fun to me yeah I just like both because I think it'll be a better all-around fight it won't just be like oh who stays in whose world you know like Whitaker versus Hamzat is one of my dream fights probably right now I feel like Whitaker beats Hamzat yeah maybe I- but, Whit- but Whitaker can't beat Izzy but Hamzat I think beats Izzy yes that's yeah. what I'm saying. Move Rock, Izzy paper, the light heavyweight, and we have the, the funnest scenarios to me. Now, do Rock, I think paper, it's realistic? Scissor. No, not re- I mean, slightly, but yeah, Izzy filling up light heavyweight is difficult, it seems. But if he could, man, that feels good. If he could. If he took two years off and could juice up a little bit. <sighs> just one. He just needs one. But right now, I think he's too small, especially yeah. after Pereira. He's got to be at least 215. But they said Pereira was 215 in the cage yesterday. Yes, he's enormous, though. That, that's At, that's a very uncommon. So Izzy's going to have to be 220 in the cage at light heavyweight. No, he, just, he just has to. Last time he was at light heavyweight, I think he weighed in at like 200 or something. Like he didn't even make 205. It yeah, was something gotta, along those lines. He was like 202 or something. Like, oh, no, no, no. He's going to have to be cutting down to 205 just a little bit. Like if he could be yes. 215. And cut 10 pounds to 205, he'll be fine. He'll still be undersized, but not enough. Sure. Okay. If he could do that, yeah. Yeah. He, he needs it. Oh, I would love that. But I'm sure he, in his mind, he's like, no, I've got to beat Alex. This is my division. This is what I've been doing my whole Yeah. It is his division. That's just my pipe dream. Size-wise, yeah. Yeah. But either way, all the scenarios that you said are good, regardless. I don't think they could mess up this scenario and it's nice to have some new blood and like just mix it up a little bit it is also alex Pereira is fucking durable we essentially saw izzy knock him out in this fight we saw him get knocked out in their last kickboxing match and even in their first one it was close to like that guy can take shots come back and be fine the next round the emoji that they use for alex is that stone easter island yeah and that's exactly what he looks like. He he came from the jungle of the Amazon to just fucking conquer the world striking wise. Like, yep. holy fuck. Like, and maybe he is getting better with the jujitsu training with Glover and stuff. So maybe he's only going to keep getting better, but he's a little bit older, like 34, 35, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I don't know. He's like, he's one of those cool mythical fighters. I think. Yeah, he did it. I mean, he won a championship. This is, I don't even know how many UFC fights, three. Four? I think it was four. 
Okay. I think it was four. It's his, I think, seventh or eighth professional fight. Yeah, pretty nuts. Yes. But I would love to see fights. Alex versus Bo Nickel. I, I wanted to see Bo Nickel fight everybody too. That's yeah. good. And I want to see Kamzat. I wanted to see more wrestling. I don't think you can streamline him into a top five opponent. It just seems like too crazy to do that. No, but give him like a top 12 opponent. I agree. I think he should have like two fights championship. Yeah. So give him a 12, then give him like an eight and then give him a three and then, all right, championship. No, not even. I would say you give him nine, three championship. Oh, okay. Bo Nickel? Yeah. Sure. Whatever. Who cares? If, yeah. When you're that credentialed, and same thing that they did with Alex, you're two weight kickboxing champion in the preeminent organization. Okay. That means something. Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're three time division one NCAA wrestling champion and one of the greatest wrestlers of all time, sure. Move him up. Like, let's see if anybody else could stop it. Plus he's been training at ATT forever. So it's not like he's like, Plus he's watching all of his opponents in the first round murdering them with like six yeah. jujitsu wrestling combination I'm like yeah. what where'd that come from like yeah of course yeah it is special and he's got a cool name bo nickel like that's fucking yeah, easy that's to sell yeah. all right that's the whole card great card yeah I'm, I'm stoked about it you want to end it there yeah let's do that all right guys thanks like always for listening i think uh, next time we talk i don't know if, if uh, jake paul versus andrew tate is going to be finalized but i do want to talk about that potential matchup Yeah, let's break that down. All right, man. All right, right on. Thanks for listening again, guys. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Philosophy of Fighting podcast. If you have any questions, suggestions, or if you would like to fight us, send us a DM on Instagram at philosophy underscore fighting. Hey, guys, this is Anoop. I'm sure you've heard. I have a startup called Renta. You can visit me at renta.com, R-E-N-T-A-H.com. The idea is you could rent any type of good service or space. So you could rent uh, Arturo to teach you Brazilian jiu-jitsu, or you could rent uh, my friend Andy to uh, set up your podcasting equipment for your next gig, or you could rent uh, the Philosophy of Fighting podcast to uh, promote a commercial on our podcast or some gear, right? Like our friend Michael Shear did, if you want some Wu-Tang apparel. So uh, check out Renta, it would mean a lot to me. Cheers.